Welcome guys to another live episode. So today's episode, before we go ahead and get started, first thing first is I'm going to go ahead and start with a little bit of a disclaimer. So today's disclaimer, all right, guys, is I'm going to say if you are prone to being, if you're a sensitive individual, you are someone who gets offended easily, then this is a video that's not for you. If you're someone who takes things out of context, then this video is not for you. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a split second right now to go ahead and exit and go watch something else okay because i don't want anyone to come back and say you said this or whatever it is so first thing first i want to say guys is one um today's going to be a little bit interesting i'm not going to share my screen today's just going to be basically me basically screen to camera talking to you so i'm actually supposed to be on vacation i've been working since pretty much this morning traveling and working and i was like you know what i cannot go a day without going live because we've been on a streak and I cannot break that streak. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go live and talk about something, right? So today what I wanted to talk about was something which was very interesting per se in the sense is to, for the most part, everyone has thought that the world of dating and relationships was completely separate from the world of business. But in reality, actually both correlated and both intertwined, especially if you're in sales, especially if you're in marketing, you're going to want to go ahead and pay attention to this. So for this, guys, I'm actually going to be referencing my phone because, um, like I said, I took some notes down and I took some notes down and basically it's on my phone. So basically, I'm going to be reading to um, you guys here from my phone. So the first thing first we're going to talk about is this is most people who are you either really i've noticed something is people who are good in business or usually were good in sales are great in relationships those are people who are extroverted they are more of people that have to they're more in the people business right so like you have your sales reps who basically have to sell a product you know you guys pretty much are phenomenal and great when it comes to you know relationships but then you have people who are in the product creation part side of things who are basically responsible for the rather the invention the thinking the the everything that kind of works behind the scenes of of you know making sure a product is fit for market those people usually do struggle and usually that's because um one they're spending way too much time in your heads and usually when you spend time in your heads usually you're not taking action now like i said guys this should not be taken as dating advice i'm going to say that first off this is in no way relationship advice and i am you know I'm not making this content with the intention of, um, you know, harm or anyone to anything. Just a little disclaimer, guys. I gotta, you got to have the disclaimers because this is a very, very sensitive topic we're going to be talking about here, guys. So the first thing first we're going to talk about, the first tip is when you are new, it's all outbound. And once you build your value, your reputation would attract you attract your customers. Okay, I'm going to say it again. So the first one is when you are new, it's all outbound. Once you build up your value, your reputation will attract your customers. Okay. So. I'm going to, to, to basically make you understand this, I'm going to tell you guys an experiment I did. This was back in 2014. So I in back in 2014, I used to live by a, um, so there was a local college that was right next, you know, I was in college at the time, but there was a local college that was right next to the college I was in. And this college was obviously famous and popular for, you know, parties and stuff going on. So I was pretty much new to that town. I was new to, you know, the environment. And I had gone through my past experience where, you know, I kind of came out of high school with a lot of acne. So I kind of wasn't, uh, I was social. Then I went to not being social. So I kind of had to break out of the shell, right? So I was like, all right. So I came across something which has been known for a long time, which is basically called exposure therapy, which is whatever it is that you are most afraid of, concerned about is something that you should go basically, you know, um, well, lack of a better word is you should expose yourself to it, right? So one of the things I did was I remember, so what I did was I was like, all right, so I made, I set forth a plan. Okay. So my plan was every Wednesday, cause I noticed every Wednesday from 4 PM, everybody would be out of class and then have the most amount of people on campus. So my plan was 
to pretty much and also guys if you have any questions please just go ahead and go ahead and leave the questions uh at the end i'll cover it just like the video subscribe it's going to be pretty quick guys okay so at 4 p.m every day i would go there on a wednesday every wednesday every wednesday i'd go my goal was to interact with you know the opposite sex which is basically interact with women right but not to the position of like i want the phone numbers it was just to like interact in general right and if the conversation went great then i would ask and you know we'll see where it goes from there so the experiment actually proved very, very interesting, right? Because you notice how, and 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 the way the experiment was basically to simplify it was I classified people who either refused to talk to me, people who said, uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm running for class, or people who said I'm not interested, or whatever it is. Those people are classified as the not interested category, right? And then people who engaged and spoke to me and either, you know, said, yeah, absolutely, open to hanging out, or, hey, you know, it's a good, you know, had a, a more favorable conversation, I yielded as a positive side of the experiment, right? So we had two basic answers. So, so the, the negative side of things or the not interested side of things was very, very much general. And then the interested side of things was much, very much like very specific, right? So on the not interested side, I remember at the time it was, I did the experiment over the course of a year. And over the course of a year, actually it was of course about eight months to a year, I had approached 400 women. I interacted with four, 400, right? This was before, you know, you know, became a, you know, a, I'm not going to get into it, but 400. So out of the 400, uh, I believe the numbers, if I'm not mistaken, was 363 or 367 was the numbers that fell on the not interested. But then you had about 40 something, 30 something to 40 something that fell on the interested side of things. Right. I'm not going to go into detail as to what happened next. OK, yeah, that's that's not, not for the purpose of this video. But. Right after that, right after I kind of after that year, it became pretty much everything became pretty much a breeze. It was absolutely phenomenal for me to interact interact with women because I interacted with them just the same way I'd interact with a guy. Because at the end of the day, we're human beings, we're all people. You just talk to people the same way you would talk to each other, right? There's nothing really that's different. But but the most interesting thing, there's two things I learned from it. But the first one I'm going to talk about, the first one, the second one is going to be actually number three point, the, the third point. But the first point here is the first point, pay attention to this. The first point was basically the outbound. So imagine it's 400, and I've reached, there was about 33 to 37 positive, okay? Positive reviews, positive responses, however you want to classify it, right? So most people might go, well, dude, you you spoke to 363 people, 367 people that told you no. And I was like, yeah, that's fine, because at the end of the day, you still learn it, right? Then you got to a point in which you're like, oh, wait, 30, 37 of them are like, yeah, absolutely, I'm interested. Now, when you're new to the game, when you're new to business, when you're new to sales, you have to understand the volume is key, which means you, your approach, your outbound, outbound is key. Same thing in dating is the more people you talk to, the more your likelihood of success. But as you get better in the game, now it's not about volume and outbound anymore. It doesn't, you should not be even doing any volume or outbound. Now the reputation that you have will pretty much speak for itself. It's the concept of if you guys listen to modern day, modern day dating, there's a lot of toxic, bad, and positive advice that goes on. But there's this concept of what's a high-value man, and, and, and it's very subjective of what people say it is. People say a high-value man is a man that does this, it does this, and does this, and does this, and does that. I personally believe the whole concept of if you are so obsessed with being labeled a high-value man, then you pretty much miss the whole concept of it, right? It, it, it's not about – because now it's like now you're seeking validation. OK, which if you're seeking validation, you always you, now the power is on is in the other person you're seeking validation from. If I come, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a high value man. It's like. I'm seeking your validation. I don't believe in the concept of categorizing myself as whatever it is. People call me whatever they want to call me. It's your opinion. If you call me, oh, he's a high value man. Cool. If you say he's a king. Cool. If you say this. 
cool. I know my personal opinion of myself is my standard. Your, your opinion of me is your opinion of me, right? That's how I look at it. So the concept, but what is the concept of the high value man and how does it apply to this? How it applies to this is in this principle here is this, is most men in general put themselves in a category of because I'm a man, I'm a high value man and I did demand this in a relationship. But the concept of this is you don't deserve anything in a relationship because the whole concept is saying that based off of, you know, who, what you've gen you know, I'm not going to get into it, but based on you being a guy, you basically are entitled to this. It's kind of approaching it from a perspective of a kid saying based off of the fact that, you know, um, I, what is the best way to put it? It's like, I, I was born into this world, so I'm entitled to all the candy and all that stuff. It's like, no, this in a, in a way, in a shape or form, it's almost everything has to be earned, right? You almost have to earn it. I always say this. This is something, you know, that I'm teaching my son. I will teach my son as the years progress, as he grows older. Is Nothing in life is given. Your whole value is pretty much determined by basically the impact that you're able to make on others. And the impact you make on others will also determine how much you receive in financial compensation, right? Okay. But how does this apply to you in business is... Initially, you will not, when you get into whatever space, you are not going to be perceived in a, as a high-value sales rep, as a high-value person. You have to put in the reps first. You have to get good in the game. When you get good in the game, when you your value will eventually speak for you. Now, I'm in a I'm in a happy relationship right now, but but if I was not, or if I didn't have to be, I would not, I don't have to be in a position where I approach 400 or even approach 10 or approach whatever it is. It's it it, it was to the point in which women would come talk to me. They would come approach me. They would come hit them, which is something that's actually out of the norm because most women don't. They actually just give you subtle cues like eye signals or stand really close to you or slight gesture or body touch or like extra, extra, um, extra giddiness or happiness. Those are little like cues and signs that you see. But it was just like it just became because I was I just became that guy that I was because when I was in college, I was broke as a broke college student. It's like, dude, you could you're eating on leaving on ramen noodles and a McDonald's like chicken menu and then you're like you become this guy that's like you know i um i'm not gonna disclose too much but then it just got to the point where it's like it doesn't it's like oh wow i see who you are as a person now so it, it, there was more yeses than there were no's and there was less more less outbound but there's better how would i put it there's more there's less quantity but more quality per se let's think about it more quality interactions per se more more genuine people that want to be around you. They want to be around you for, you know, just based on the fact that, you know, you provide great company, right? Like I said, this is a business podcast, so I kind of have to stay within the confines of business language, okay? So that's the first thing first you have to understand is rule one is you have to understand that your value is not going to be seen immediately. You have to put in the reps, which means you got to put in the outbound, and it's all about the outbound outbound so which means if your business is currently at 5 10 15 20 grand a month but you got to look at your outbound and say hey you know what we're we're only calling you know on 100 people a, a month right maybe if you go to 200 because 100 people a month is giving you 15 grand if if i go to 200 that's probably going to give me 30 grand right you go based off the law of the averages and you actually look at the math and how you look at the numbers and how everything's going to go so that's number one is the outbound number two don't be thirsty and have an abundance mindset so number two is don't be thirsty and have an abundance mindset so um recently i'm gonna give you guys another story so recently i sanctioned a project and i had three different agencies to do this right uh i would not even call them agencies i'll call them three different subcontractors to do this so um i paid each of them a deposit fee i was like hey it's fine it's it, you know everyone pretty much got the deposit fee but there were three of them and 
as the project continued, I realized that none of the three agents were able to pretty much deliver on the project that on what we needed. None of the three. So I was like, hey, it's fine. You can keep the deposit. That's fine. We're just going to, um, you know. But before I did that, I remember I would get calls and calls and calls and calls and calls and calls. And that is actually what turned me off from one of the agencies was one of the subcontractors. He would just call and call and call. It wasn't calling of like, you know. Oh yeah, we've started your project. It'd be like literally the next day. This was a 15-day project. The next day, I'm like, "Hey, can you send us the next payment?" And I was like, "Dude, I just gave you the the, the deal like a you know the day prior. What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, you know, we need this extra money here because something just popped up." And I'm like, "Okay, well, what did what just popped up? Well, we need to go ahead and pay for servers." Okay, I was like, "Okay, let me see if I can find you the servers so we can do this." Then it's like, "Oh no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. We found a way to do it." And then it's like, and then it's, it was kind of trying to demand more money, more money, more money. But then it's just it just turned me off. It just genuinely turned me off. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually no, I'm actually gonna have to pass. Right? That was one. And then the other two was just basically the performance was not what I what to part. That was just personally me. So that also didn't 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 go well. But how does this apply in dating? Think about it from a perspective of um, less is more. Less is more, less is more, less is more, less is more, is people want to basically, they don't want to feel, what is the word, overpressured, they don't want to feel forced, they don't want to feel um, like if the better word, how would I put it, they don't want to feel coerced into things, right, they want to come to the decision of their own, that's why I, one of the, one of the, 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 the best things I learned in, in dating, even in dating is this, is when you are dating, or getting to know someone, you must come at it from a perspective of your job is to show up and be, you know, the best version of yourself. But it ultimately, it is still their decision, whatever it is that they choose to do. Right now, how does this imply? Most most men, this I'm going to speak it to guys. We have this tendency of scarcity mindset because the re, if if we are being honest, most the the most men rarely come across decently attractive women. Okay. As a guy, that's the genuine issue. Most guys rarely ever do. So just based on the fact that you rarely come across decently attractive women, what ends up happening is when you do find someone who gives you genuine interest or interest, there was this element of like, oh my God, I don't want to lose it. I'm going to give you guys, leave you this quote on this is fear of failure is evidence of failure. Fear of losing that person is evidence you're going to lose that person. Because what ends up happening is this is what most people and most men end up doing is this is they end up projecting that scarcity and that fear. Right. And I remember I was on a date. I'm going to tell you guys, this was a dating experience. This was a few years ago. And I remember when I was this girl was we, we went to I think it was Apple Apple. We ended up going to Applebee's because we had. This was in, I think it was a Philly, yeah. So we had gone, we had set up to meet at a location. It was a, it was a different chain. I can't remember what it was. But it was like a Longhorn or something. It was a chain. But she had mistaken the address. So she had gone to the different chain or different branch or different franchise that was an hour away from me. So I was like, okay, so now we had to meet halfway. So then we could meet halfway was we found Applebee's. And I was like, Applebee's was like in 30 minutes. So we met and we spoke. It was a great date. But nothing progressed from that because we never really vibe it was just not my persona it was not my persona but what was interesting was we we're having a conversation and i can't remember we we're talking about she was talking about a date that she went on right and she was like yeah i just wasn't feeling it and i was like why she goes i she he just she said the word he doesn't look like he gets you know she said a, a, a vulgar word but i'm gonna say he doesn't look like a guy that gets women right the word that she said starts with b but i'm gonna just say you know he doesn't look like he gets women. So I was like, okay, what is that? So I'm like, expand on that. She goes, 
I don't know. She's like, I don't know how to put it, but the, the way I can think about it is this, is I don't want a man that no other woman wants. I was like, okay. Expand on that even more. She goes, I don't know how to think. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, it's like, she's like, then she goes, she paused and she's like, well, I'm kind of competitive, right? So in a way, if I know other women want him, then, and I know I get him at the end of it all, it feels like I won. So I was like, interesting. Okay. So I was like, all right. So that's kind of a little part. I was puzzling them. I was like, okay, interesting. But the concept of things is this is think about it from a perspective of this is I, I don't want to uh, let me let me let me make it let me like I said this is this is thread and thin lines here so I want to kind of make sure everything I kind of phrase it in a word that you know five ten years is not going to be used against me because you know how the internet is um the best way to kind of think about it is this is people want to especially in a dating relationship a woman wants to pick a man that she had other women co-sign on how would I put it? Think, think, put it in a, in a sense as to sh it's like reviews, right? Think about it like reviews, right? No one wants to buy a product that has zero star. Everybody wants to buy a product that has five star. And you look at the reviews, five star, four star, three star, one star. Now, a good way to know that you're not making a bad decision and losing money on your purchase would be basically the review. So if you see more five star, like the hotel we're staying at right now costs a few thousand dollars. But it's like I looked at the reviews. Right, because I was trying to book a hotel that had, you know, it looked great, but I looked at reviews and I was like, no. So it's kind of the same concept. Is 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 she wants to basically think about it in your life as to the other women that are attracted to you or that are in your life or have some elements of interest in you. Think about them as reviews, right? Now, I know it sounds bad, but think about think about it as you are a business and the women that are interested in you are basically leaving you reviews, right? They're leaving you reviews. Now, the more women that are in your life that are basically having, that you've had great relationship with or they're like, they're like trying to date you, but you're like, oh, you know what, I'm busy and all that stuff. It's kind of think about it as like, yes, you've had great relationships, but two, you're also a business that that basically other people want to come to. You're like a hotel that, that other women want to stay, people want to stay at. And if people want to stay at that hotel or they want to eat at that restaurant, it makes it go, you know what? This restaurant must be popping. So I want to, because innately you have to think about with social creatures. So we look at other people with social cues, right? So that's the second thing I would think about it. So in a sense is to, when you are desperate, imagine if you have a restaurant, it's like, please come, please come to my restaurant. Please come to my hotel. Please. We will be the best hotel for you ever. We'll take care of you. We'll wash your feet. We'll make sure your bath is right. We'll do all this stuff. I mean, yes, yes. You do all that, but also kind of deep down, you're probably going like, yeah, this people might kill me. I don't know what's going on here. So no, there's still a red flag because it's like, it's, it's, think about it as you're throwing, you're throwing a, a um, um, the scarcity because scarcity is actually a repellent. People do not want to be around scarce resources, right? People do not want to be around people that think in a scarce. They want to think about people that being in abundance. Even if you don't have it, still think in abundance because that's what your where your confidence comes from. I would like to think about this. I always tell people this confidence is an illusion. You have to you have to have an illusion of the person that you your ideal person that you want to be. And then you have to embody that person and act as though you are. Right? I remember you guys need to go watch a podcast I did yesterday about basically the concept of time and how to manifest things about how time basically works, right? But how basically to, to summarize it up is basically everything that you look at in space is the past. It's already happened. Okay. It's the past. So in the sense is to when you when you wish for your goals and you pray for your goals and you you wish to be more confident, you wish to be more abundant, you have to act as though whatever's happened is 
happened, like you're already in possession of it because this is the best way to explain the principle is, is I want you to look at it from your life. I want you to look at it from a perspective of this is the earth spins around the sun's axis, right? We spin around the sun. You know, you guys know all the whole, um, I can't remember what it's called, stuff, but time on its own is basically relative. It's all about basically planetary. It's all about your position in the earth relative to the sun and how it spins. Now, when you leave the Earth, there is no concept of time anymore because time doesn't exist anymore because now we're in space. Space is void. So that's the same concept. If, but if, I don't want to get too technical, but if somebody else, let's say, you know, what do you call it? Jupiter is 200 million light years away, 2,000 light years away, 200,000. That's actually units of time measurements. So that means that it would take you 200,000 years to get to Jupiter. So which means if you're in Jupiter looking at a telescope, Looking at Earth, you're basically looking at what happened 200,000 years ago. So basically, everything like right now, if you're in Jupiter looking at Earth, you're probably seeing dinosaurs. Right? That's kind of like an example there. All right? So, but that's that. How does that, that explain this? Is the universe, when the universe looks to bless you and give you more of what you, because here's the thing I'm going to say this. Same thing with the woman where, where she gave in the date. She goes, I want to be with a man who, I can't be with a man who no other woman wants. That's basically her concept is this. Is it, is you have to be in possession of whatever it is that you want to attract it. It takes money to attract money. And if you know that you, you're dating, if you want business, it takes you having current business. I'm not going to get into you know all that stuff. But it takes you having current business to attract new business. But the way you want to think about it is when the universe is going to bless you with more of whatever it is that you want from it, it has to already see you as already embodying the persona and already acting as though you already have it. In a way, it's like, how would I put it? I'll talk about that in a later case, later state of mind. But you have to kind of think of it in abundance. You can't kind of approach it from a scarcity mindset, going, you know, um, well, you know, well, you know, please don't, you know, I would never, you know, it's like it's like men who say it's like uh, a guy who's like, I will, I will be completely loyal to you. I'll never cheat on you. I'll never do all this. I'll never do all that. Is mostly whenever you come at a different position of your begging, like, oh my god, is the reason why you're saying. I would never cheat on you or always be lawyers because you've never been in a position where another woman hits on you. So that's usually what ends up happening is, you know, you know, when you another one does, then it's like, oh, well, oh, my God, it was the devil or something happened. But when a woman picks a man that other women wants, but then she's like, he picked me. It's kind of like, well, I think she's like, I won. That's one. And then two, if he's ever in a situation where another girl tries to tempt him, he pretty much can say no because he's already been in that situation to begin with. Right. It's kind of like, you know. Past behavior predicts future performance for the most part, right? I don't want to kind of get to category, guys, because I want to kind of keep this short. The third one is choose your customers and your partner wisely. So the one thing you want to think about is, is choose your customers and your partner wisely. So I use the 15-15-15 rule. So I like to think about it is this. I remember, so I'm currently working on a deal, and we're going to be, I'm going to announce this, in, you know, in a few few weeks, probably in a month or so, you know, in a partnership we're doing. But we're talking about one of this is a sales, it's a sales organization, and, and I've been paying attention, and they were talking about we have one call closes. Okay, I'm saying, okay, what is a one call? What is your one call close? Like, yeah, we we sell, we call, they buy on the spot. I was like, interesting. It's not most people don't see it, and, and because I look at it and I was like, interesting. My experience with the sales world is is the sale is not the end, it's the beginning. Because the sale starts the relationship, right? It's like it's not the end all because most people see the sale as like, all right, gone. I have a customer. Bye bye. You know, that's it. We, I got my money. Bye bye. But the sale, when someone gives you dollar and you give them the product, you just began a relationship. You didn't end one. 
right? That's the first thing. Think about the first sign of transaction. That's the first time you guys are like, oh, now we're in a relationship together, right? But now here's what comes in is most people end up having this one call sale or this sale with customers that basically do not, they don't, they cannot have a long-term relationship with. These are basically, think about it, the customers that they pick a one-night stand quality, not basically long-term relationship values. Think about it from a perspective of this. It's how I want to think about it. If you're somebody who, you know, because the more money you make, the more stress. You have to understand that you, the, the, the amount of money you make is a correlation to the amount of stress you can handle. But let's think about it from a perspective of this is to imagine if you, all your customers basically call you every day, every day, every day, every day. You make it, you, they pay you once, but you keep dealing with this customer every single day. Okay. But this customers that you're getting right now, customers will yell at you. They're yelling at you. They're talking down on you, treating you like you're trash. At some point, you're going to get frustrated because this is not the kind of customer you want a long-term relationship with, okay? So you don't want a long-term relationship with that versus you have a customer that like, calls you once in a while, like, hey, how are you doing? Absolutely good. I have a question here about this. Can you guys say, oh, yeah, good, awesome, good. And you mention that relationship. You reach out to each other, you know, once every other week, once every month, once every quarter, once every six months, once every year. That's a concept of a relationship there, right? Now, what does that mean for you? This is there are 15. I always tell this, and I told my girlfriend this. We had this conversation. I was like, there are 15 minute business deals, 15 minute clients, which means these are clients in which you, you, from the moment you sell, it's a one call sale. Like, a, think about it like a retail store. They come, they look at the product, they buy. 15 minutes. Second one is you have, you know, you can use a 15 rule as, as, as it goes. You have a 15. Basically, a 15, uh, 15 day client. What's a 15 day client? Okay. It's like, hey, we, they say yes, so they want to purchase a product, but it takes about 15 days to close. Right. You know, it all depends. Like real estate, for instance, is about a three month. So that's, you'd say that as a, as a three month client or 15 week clients, whatever. Yeah. That could be a 15 week client, which means, yes, they want to purchase the house, but it takes about 15 weeks to close the deal. Good. Okay. So we understand that. And obviously I'll keep them in the books and, you know, reach out to them every year or two years. And it's like, Hey, you guys want to refinance and do all this stuff, you know, all that stuff. And then you have a 15 month client. Okay. Think about it in the sense as to, you know, this is a client which yes, they say yes, but it might take, you know, a few months to close, or even if they close, maybe I might need to reach out to them in a year to sell them another product. Depends. And then you might have a 15 year client. This is an example of someone who's like, you need to keep them on the books. Say you're a financial advisor. And you manage people's money and you want to be managing their money for the next 15 years because you're getting a 1% um, uh, management fee, then yeah, that's a 15-year client, right? So you have to think about it in a sense as to the relationship with the customers you're building. And you have to choose wisely who you build and have a long-term relationship with. Because if your industry is one where you're managing people's money, but then you're also doing a 15-year relationship, but then people you are impatient and they're very um rough and, 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 and basically impolite when they talk to you, now it's kind of like, now you're going to have a 15-year toxic relationship. Can you handle that? Right? So you got to also think about it from a sense that you have to choose wisely. I'm give advice and help. If you guys have any questions, I think now I would say email me, but but Instagram is actually just go to at the really great and you'll be able to reach out to me on Instagram. Send me a DM on there, guys. I respond to the DMs. Just give it give a little bit of time. But yeah, so 15 years. Think about it from a concept of you have to choose your customers wisely. Okay, because what's the lifetime value of this customer? If the lifetime value of this customer is 10 grand over the course of seven years, that means that's a seven-year relationship. 
Do you want to be in seven year relationship with someone who is basically toxic and you don't want you can't stand their presence, but because of the almighty dollar, you're like, yeah, absolutely, I have no choice, man. Or do you want to get in a customer get in a relationship with customers that are like, you know what? Actually, I will actually enjoy like you know I can you know I've had customers invite me over like, hey, you know what? You know my grandson is having this. You know we're gonna be having a pool party. I'm like, unfortunately, absolutely happy to oblige. Right. The fourth one there is this is very interesting one. I remember this is remember I said number three was gonna be based off of the example, but the fourth one there was is rejection is part of the game in sales and business. Being told no is pretty much the game. And remember when I said 363, 367 people didn't have, were not interested or, or had bad experiences, right? So 363, 367, most people look at it like, oh my God, whoa, 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 that's a lot. But I eventually started playing a game, which was funny, was how I ended up was I called it the, the go for no game. So the go for no game, think about the go for no game as to making rejection the goal, whatever it is that you're afraid of. You may remember what I said, exposure therapy. So if the goal, if you are so afraid of getting rejected, then the goal is to go get rejected now. Because guess guess what? You win the game 100% of the time because if you're going to get rejected, so which means you win. So now it's like now you can reward yourself when you get rejected. So which means you can turn the word no from being something that's not pleasant to something you're like, actually, you know what? I, hey, you know what? I actually absolutely do not mind this. So you, in a way, now you start to actually have fun with it. And that's the key thing. You want to kind of have fun with it. So rejection is part of the game. You're, you, you're afraid of making a cold call because they're going to hang up on you. But just say, you know what? I'm going to call 100 people. The goal is to get 100 people to hang up on me. Now, if you get 100 hangups, you win. But here's the concept. To get 100 hangups, 100 people are not going to hang up on you. Because you, not every you're not going to get 100. You're not going to call 100 people and 100 people are going to and tell you hang up on you instantly. You're probably going to have to call 400 to get 100 rejections. But out of the with 400, if 200 pick up and 30 book an appointment with you, you're good. You're good. You got your business for the part. But the goal is when you set no as the goal, you eventually hit the yeses because the yeses, think about it. The no is the game. The yes is basically milestones on the game, right? So that, that, that's basically, you want to make no basically the game. And how does apply in dating? If you're afraid to talk to women, if you're like, oh my God, I'm so shy, I'm so scared because she's going to probably think I'm a creep. Or she's going to be like, oh, my God, I don't want to talk to me, but you because, ew, ew. Then just say, you know what? You know, because then just go say, hey, the goal is to go get 50 women to go, ew, ew. Because now, if 50 women go, ew, ew, you go celebrate. People are like, what are you celebrating? Hey, I'm celebrating 50 women going, ew, ew. They'll be like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So that's kind of how you want to think about it. From Now it becomes fun. And at some point, you know, you're going to be like, the girl. if the girl says, ew, ew, you're like, awesome. Thanks. She's like, what? And you'd be like, yeah, because I'm actually playing a game. And she's like, what do you mean you're playing a game? And you just feel in, like, hey, listen, so I've been doing this, and I've got 20, ew, ew, you're 20, your number, 21, ew, ew. And she's like, I don't want to be part. No, well, what about if I take my ew, ew back? And then next you know, you might have a yes. You never know. But make it fun. Life is, life is too short to be stuck in your mind, living in your head. Whatever you're afraid of, make it the goal. If you're afraid of swimming, go jump in the pool and swim. But also have somebody else watch you so you don't drown, okay? Because I don't want people to be like, he told me to do this, I did this. Because I think people will take things literal. Make sure someone's watching you as you, as you go do it. Um, and then the next one is the fifth one is this, which is number five. Is There's more, but I'm just kind of picking up bullet points. It says, you don't deserve anything. You need to earn it. Remember I was telling my son this. Nothing is deserved. Everything is earned. So in the sense is to, if you're in a relationship, right? 
most people get in a relationship and they go, because this is my partner, I deserve this. They deserve to do this for me. They des- I deserve to get a foot rub every single day. I deserve this. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. Because here's what ends up happening is this is. Emotions and feelings don't last. Okay, I'm going to say this again to you guys. Emotions and feelings don't last. So, you know, when someone tells you, oh, my God, I love you right now. I love you. It's something that they feel in and now because that is an emotion and a feeling that they feel at the current moment. Right. But the thing about feelings and emotions is it's usually it comes and goes, which has to be reinforced. So that means you have to constantly reenact the feelings you have to constantly bring it back you have to constantly be in a position where you're like hey you know you have to same thing as like relationships it's like if you're in a relationship with someone if it's a long-term relationship an ltr relationship it's been a while take your partner out you know what you say hey once a month date night we got once a month date night once a month you know we're gonna go out there we're gonna make the time regardless of whatever happens or we're just gonna go out we're gonna hang out we're just gonna be us right it might be like it might end up being like oh so routine i have to do this it's date night but you never know because one you never know. The other person might be like, you know what? I needed. That's what I needed to make sure that this relationship works because it rekindles a new feeling. It rekindles because the thing is, this is when a relationship gets old, right? When a relationship gets old, what ends up happening is this: is when a relationship gets old, you know, especially if you've been together for three, four, five years, what ends up happening is, you know, you've been living in the same house, you've done the same thing, it's all been pretty much repetitive. What the other person end up doing is, is, is your feelings start to be the same. So let's say you guys woke up, brush your teeth, drank coffee, and high-fived each other. And you did that a thousand times in the same house, right? You're like, okay, all right, okay. Now, now also pay attention to this now. So now just imagine this. Imagine you go, you brush your teeth, shake hands, but instead of brushing your teeth and shaking hands in the same house, you do it in a different house now. You brush your teeth and you shake hands in a different house now, now what's interesting, this is what's interesting here is this is that same motion is being done, but that motion is being done in a different environment. That different environment now makes everything seem new, right? So sometimes all you need to do is changing your making a relationship get spicy. It's just basically just changing environments. You're still the same person. You're just going to just go to a different place. That's why go on vacation. You know, hey, babe, you know what? It's time. It's been eight years. We've been in this house. Let's just move somewhere. Like, really? Because what ends up happening is now you get into this new state, this new age, this new mindset again. And when you get into that new age, new set, and that new mindset again, what ends up happening is there's a new feeling. There's a new sense of adventure. Like, did you talk to the neighbors? Did you see the neighbor came to talk to me? And then like, what? They brought us cake. Now it gets a little bit interesting again, right? How does apply in business? If you're in a job in which you're starting to be like, this job is starting to feel saturated. This job is starting to feel boring. The, you know, you're starting to almost dislike it. All you have to do is just switch roles. Let's say you're in sales and you're doing sales for seven years and you're getting tired and bored of sales. Then just switch roles and just go into marketing for a few months. Take a break from whatever it is that you've been doing and go somewhere else. And trust me, you will feel a new feeling when you come back to whatever it is that you're doing. Right? That's basically the last point that I have there is basically you don't, you don't, you don't basically you know, I kind of went on a tangent there, but basically how to create a new feeling. But in a sense, you don't deserve anything. Pretty much you have to earn it. So when you look at it, you have to earn your customers. Trust. Trust is earned. I don't expect anyone I do business with to trust me um, straight off the bat. That's the reason why I have the podcast. And I'm like, people, when people have consumed and watched my podcast, 
what ends up happening is like, you know, you've interacted with me. I expect some element of trust. So um, that's pretty much it, guys. As For the most part, as far as the live goes, that's pretty much it. That's what I had for you guys today. Don't forget to like the video, please. Subscribe. Share the video if this was videos of value to you guys. Like I said, I'm not selling you anything on this. This is just basically, you know, me just basically keeping my word to bring in value to you guys every single day for the next 100 days. And that's pretty much it. Um, and obviously, like I always say, enjoy, have fun, stay good, stay safe. Don't be